I'm Jalon Martz, and this is the Walking Well Podcast. Super excited that you're joining us this week. Um, so it's December, and that's ludicrous to me because it was definitely just May, or was it January? You know, was it 2016? I don't know. Um, but December is upon us, which means 2017 is coming to a rapid close, which also means that it's holiday season and everybody's trying to get presents if you celebrate Christmas, I guess. Um And it's just a time of pretty intense busyness. And so with that on the radar, on the horizon, Christmas coming and whatnot, I thought what a better time to talk about self-care than December. Um, So that's what we're talking about this month, self-care. And so as someone who believes very thoroughly in self-care, but as of late has not been practicing their beliefs about self-care, I will be preaching to myself just a smidge. Um, So if I get really passionate, please excuse me. I'm a little bit sleep deprived as well. (laughs) But, um, so self-care, I really believe in self-care. I believe in self-care, especially for women. One, because I think women are bomb.com, but very rarely are we taking care of ourselves. Like the weight of the world is on us, you know, our family's well-being, their progress. So much of what happens in the world rests on the shoulders of women, um, getting it done and being there and filling in gaps. But we're not really good at, taking care of ourselves, making sure that we are in the best working condition that we could possibly be in um, and that we're really actually enjoying being alive and living our lives and being able to enjoy our season. And a lot of that kind of boils down to how well we're taking care of ourselves and um, how well we're actually being tuned in and checking in and making sure that we're taking care of the things that need to be taken care of for us to be happy, healthy and enjoying life. So we're going to talk about what is self-care, why self-care, Um, and get some of those questions answered and even talk about some ways to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. So let's talk. I mean, self-care. So I'm sure some people are like, yo, isn't that like some hippie secular idea? Like, what does that even mean? And actually, no, it's not some hippie secular idea. Like all great ideas, self-care is also one of God's great ideas. Um, self-care really did originate with, with God. Um, I think back to Genesis, um, during the creation story, really for self-care, when God did all of this creating, spoke light, spoke darkness, you know, separated the skies from the waters. He was doing everything like that so that we could enjoy the beautiful earth that we have. And then he sat down and rested and has not gotten up since, (laughs) you know, he was like, I'm going to make this amazing thing. It's going to be awesome. And when I'm done, I'm going to be done, you know, And he's not getting up until Jesus returns. And then we'll start whatever he's got next on the docket, I guess. Um, But God's resting. Everything that we are experiencing, everything that we um, have laid up for us was created and established and set aside from the foundations of the world. Um, The scriptures refer to Jesus as the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. That God sort of was like, all right, so this is how it's going to shake down. This is what needs to happen. These are the provisions I need to make so that my people can be redeemed. I'm going to set all that aside from the beginning um, when God started start. And then I'm going to create and then I'm going to sit down and rest. And so we have God as a model for self-care and for resting, right? Um, Let's talk about, I guess... Why? Why should we care about self-care? <laughs> um, 
we should care about self-care because you can't pour from an empty cup. Um, that's just not a thing. If the cup is empty, you're pouring nothing out. Um, a lot of us are pouring out and we're empty. You know, I think about burnout. People talk about I'm just burned out. I'm just tired. I'm just burned out. You really arrive at burnout from not taking care of yourself. Um, and I know I keep kind of saying the same thing over and over. And you probably are wondering, <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean taking care of yourself? What does that look like? What does that mean? All right. So what is self-care? Self-care is the radical notion that you are to be stewarded. Um, I guess I can flesh it out some more. You are to be stewarded. Um, you are a person. You've been given a body. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You reside within a body. You are a three-part person. Um, in your personhood, in the different layers of who you are, you've been given gifts. You've been given roles. You've been given responsibilities. Um, but at your core, you are whoever you are, whoever you've discovered and, and, and um, decided that you will be. Um, you have gifts, you have talents, you have abilities, you have responsibilities, you have capabilities. Self-care is the notion that you are stewarding all of those aspects of who you are well. You're keeping them in mint condition, perfect working condition, um, so that you are flourishing and thriving and blossoming in your season, in your life, in your context. So because we are three parts, spirit, soul, and body, um, those are the different levels that you can engage in self-care. I also would throw out another a fourth sort of level of engaging in self-care and that's social self-care. And we'll talk about that probably towards the end of December. Um, but today I kind of just wanted to hone in on um, the, the body aspect, because I think you can sort of start on the superficial, the outer level, and it makes it a little bit easier to apply those concepts to some of the sort of non-tangible aspects of who you are. So physically, rest is a huge, huge, huge part of self-care. Um, and we can take rest in so many different directions. Rest can be discussed on the level of Sabbathing. Rest could be discussed on the level of um, creating margin in your life. Rest could be, you know, mental rest, making sure that you unplug. Rest is just such a huge part of self-care. Um, and rest is actually very, very biblical. I think um, it's been really interesting to me as I kind of move through the different um, contexts in my own life, the different sort of uh, spheres that I roll in. Some of them are mental health, some of them are educational. Others are just with friends and talking with other women. Um, women feel like a profound sense of guilt when it comes to resting. Uh, we feel like it's lazy to rest. We feel like we can't afford to rest. We feel like what's going to happen if we rest? The world's going to go kaput. You know, the kids won't get fed. The house will burn down. Um, there's so much that's telling us that we can't rest, that we shouldn't rest, that resting, we haven't earned rest. I've heard that so much. Um, and when you ask women, you know, if someone worked as hard as you did, if your friend does all the things that you do, wouldn't you suggest to her to rest? They'd be like, yes, I would. She's earned it. She's worked hard. But we're so, so, um, we're just so hard pressed to give that same room to ourselves. But I kind of just want to talk to you guys on the, on the level of resting and self-care and what that looks like biblically. So I want to turn to a couple of different scriptures because again, I'm a word nerd. So, um, Let's start actually in Proverbs 31. Um, I really love Proverbs 31 for a couple of different reasons, but the, f the primary one is that, um, I think it's, it's a very poignant scripture just because one, I'm a woman, but I've, I have felt like I think a lot of women feel when they hear, you know, the Proverbs 31 woman, we feel like she's the Bible's Barbie, you know, like she's unattainable. She's unrealistic. We cannot ever be her. Um, but I think a couple of years ago, the Lord brought me through this sort of, I guess, excavation of the Proverbs 31 woman to sort of help me understand that she's not this unattainable, um, 
sort of like superficial the thing that you aim for but can never attain she's not this unattainable goal Um, she's actually just a set of disciplines that every woman can reach for whether she's married or single whether she's a mother or a stepmom or a fur mama whatever (laughs) you know Um, she's a set of principles disciplines she is character essentially and um so I really love that the Lord sort of switched my brain to to look at her and go, okay, these are these are the target content areas. We can work and sharpen ourselves in this, in this, in this. So um, Proverbs thirty one, verses seventeen and twenty, and you're gonna hear me flip pages because I have my real Bible and not my phone. Um, but who doesn't love the sound of turning pages? All right, so Proverbs thirty one, him, say Amen when you have it. Just kidding. Uh, Proverbs 31, verse 17. I'm reading from the Amplified Version, which I adore because I've told you guys before I love words. Um, And it just really um, expounds upon different meanings and augments them so you can pick up all the little parcels of what is meant in the scripture. So um, if you don't know, Proverbs 31 is a mother talking to her son and um, her son is set to be king one day. And so she's she's thinking to herself, like, what can I offer my son out of this life that I've lived in dedication to God and the faithful to, faithfulness to my spouse? What are the gems and pearls of wisdom and knowledge um, that I can mine out of that lifestyle to give to my son so that he can go further than he than I and my, his father, I suppose, ever went? Um, and so she starts with sort of telling him, hey, like, Alcohol is not for kings. You should be able to um, speak up for those that don't have a voice and defend the defenseless. Like you have a responsibility to those people. And then she switches and talks to him about what kind of woman to look for. And it's really poignant because she's talking to him about the kind of characteristics and qualities to look for in a woman. So a lot of times, I mean, it's so helpful for us to know, oh, wow, I should be capable. I should be intelligent. I should be excellent. I should be diligent, you know. But really, this this chapter is written to men, um, which I think is just really I think it's interesting. Anyway, um, so verse 17, it's listing out the um, the qualities and characteristics of this woman. Verse 17 says, um, she girds herself with strength in brackets, spiritual, mental, and physical fitness for her God-given task and makes her arms strong and firm. Verse 20 of Proverbs 31 it's kind of similar also it says she opens her hand to the poor yes she reaches out her filled hands to the needy whether in body mind or spirit um and i just want to pause on um these two scriptures really quickly and just sort of talk to you guys about them this woman um makes sure that she is full to be able to give and pour out because she knows that people are depending on her. There are people that are connected to her, not just her family, but she's a a huge community participant. She's a boss babe. Like she is a businesswoman. She makes sure that her house has the things that it needs. She has maid servants that she makes sure are being um, diligent and accomplishing tasks and making progress on the things that she gives them to do. She's got the weight of the world on her shoulders and in her world. And so she understands the responsibility to make sure that she is full because there's so much pouring out that she does that she needs to make sure that she doesn't get burned out. She can't. She really can't afford to get burned out. There are too many people connected to her, too many causes weighing on her. Um, think People are depending on her. So she has to make sure that she's full and ready. So the scripture says um, she girds herself with strength, spiritual, mental and physical fitness for her God given task. Um, I just want to make a little bit of a note here. Wherever you are. You are assigned to that place. Whoever you're connected to, you are assigned to those people. Whatever causes God has put in front of you, you are assigned to those. And you are supposed to be in the best condition um, to be able to fulfill that calling. The calling to be gracious, the calling to be thoughtful, the calling to be present. Being present is such a huge gift that we are often withholding from the people around us. Um, 
But we've got to be present. We've got to be there. We deserve it. We owe it to the people around us to be the best version of ourselves for them, but not even just for them, but for us. Because nobody really enjoys being grumpy. Like nobody enjoys that feeling of being burnt out or stretched too thin or pulled too thin or have too many demands on them. Like nobody enjoys that. Nobody likes that. I feel most stressed when I know I have a ton of things to do and I'm behind and I'm not prepared and I've got to go give this talk. Like that is stressful. (laughs) Um, But if I prepare myself, if I make sure that I get enough sleep, I get enough water, I do the things I need to do to make sure that I'm full and ready to go, I can pour and pour and pour. But I definitely have to make sure that I go back and get filled up again. Um, And then the scripture, the verse 21, where it talks about she opens her hand to the poor. She reaches out her filled hands to the needy, whether they are in body, mind or spirit. Um, I talked to you guys about the domains of self-care. You're, you know, you have a body, you are a spirit, you possess a soul. You've got to make sure that you're full on each of those levels, clicking on each of those cylinders to be able to give. Sometimes people need a word of encouragement. If you are so down in the dumps in your own self um, that you can't even kind of take your eyes off of yourself, you you can't give to other people. But a lot of times also, I'd like to say that self-care is not just for other people. Self-care is really primarily for you. Um, but you become useless when you don't take care of yourself. You become useless to yourself and useless to the people around you. Um, self-care is important in just the, the regard that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Lord. Um, and with that, you are responsible for the upkeep. You are responsible for stewarding yourself. Um, I think about the story of the talents when it comes to self-care, that um, each man was given a different amount of money. And the man that was actually reprimanded was the man that did nothing with what was given to him. The two other servants, there were three servants in total, two servants went and doubled or Um, made some sort of profit with their master's money that he gave them. The third man buried it and and did nothing with it. And a lot of times um, we think like, oh, I've got to go fulfill my calling to to the remote places in the jungle. Um, And that may be true. um, But your first ministry is to the people that God has assigned to you where you are. And not to say that God hasn't assigned you to the people in the remote, you know, tribe in a jungle or anything like that. But uh, ministry starts at home. Um, and that may be your roommates. That may be, you know, your grandmother that you live with. That may be your mom and dad, if you live with them, you know, and that, I mean, if you're caregiving, you know, all of that, that's your first ministry. Um, but to be able to be the best for you, to be the best for the kingdom, to be the best for the people that you're connected with, you absolutely have to make sure that you, you guard your strength, that you're building your strength, spiritual, mental, and emotional, and that you're full to be able to pour out, um, one of the things that I learned in my church in Gainesville is that uh, we we give out of our overflow. Um, and so um, the notion is that if I'm in my quiet time and connecting with the Lord, the Lord fills me. And out of the, the fullness of what God gives me in that time, I give to other people. I can't tell you how many times I will be in my quiet time, hear a word from the Lord, and someone will be talking to me. And I'll be like, hmm. Maybe that was for you too. Let me share with you what the Lord shared with me this morning, you know. Um, but if I if I didn't stop and get filled by the Holy Spirit, get filled by the Lord at the beginning of my day, I, I have nothing for that person who's down in the dumps. I have no encouragement. I'm reaching down and scraping the bottom of my cup. I'm like, I got some sludge for you. I don't know if that helps you at all, you know. Um, but we should be giving people the out of giving out of the overflow. Um, we should be full and be able to be maintained off of the fullness, but we should also then be able to pour out of the fullness as well. Um, another scripture, which was actually very, very surprising to me. Let's go to Matthew 22. Let's go like you guys have your Bibles. Maybe you do. Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Um, in the counseling world, 
self-care is like a, a duh kind of thing. Um, but I was really curious about if in the body of Christ, you know, like, okay, Lord, is that something people have made up or is it something that you have given us? And I know about, you know, the Lord rested after the seventh day or on the seventh day, the Lord rested. But I was like, I don't know if there's any gospel context or any gospel um, reflection, I guess, of that scripture um, or that idea in the New Testament and the New Covenant. So let's look at verses 37 and 39. So Matthew 22, 37 and 39. Um, <laughs> so the Lord is talking to, well, I guess the Lord Jesus is talking to um, some Pharisees. You know, they were always trying to get him caught up and trip him up and, you know, all of their, um, their, uh, their talks or discussions. And so they asked someone, asked him, what's the greatest commandment? And um, he was like, oh, I've got it for you. Perfect. So 37 says, and he replied to him. So the Pharisee that was asking him questions, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind or intellect. This is the great, most important and principal and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. These two commandments, I'm reading 40. These two commandments sum up and sum up and upon them depend all the law and the prophets. And I thought this was very interesting because um, of verse 39, you shall love your neighbor as you do yourself, which implies that you don't know how to love other people until you've learned how to love yourself, that you will never love, love other people well, unless you know how to love yourself. Um, and like I said, I, I get that like self-care and self-love sound like hippie sort of like, um, Oprah's church thing. I don't know. It sounds weird sometimes. Um, but it's really God's idea the idea that you should take care of who of yourself that you should just like you would maintain a car and make sure your gas stays full your um fluids are high or we're at their appropriate levels whatever that you are the same way um that you should be taking up care of yourself in the same manner next verse which kind of blew my socks off again mark six um verses let's see 32 30 to 32 all right. So Mark six thirty. So um, this is kind of following just a little bit of background. This is following John's beheading. And uh, the disciples are actually sort of coming back to Jesus on the heels of this news after being sent out and um, kind of commissioned in two by twos. And they're kind of coming back and telling him everything that happened and how excited they were that like, wow, your word carries weight, you know. Um, so in verse 30, the apostles sent out as missionaries, came back and gathered together to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, as for you, come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For many were continually coming and going and they had not even leisure enough to eat. All right. So I'm type A. I'm like, what needs to be done? Here's my list. Here's my planner. I have no problem running, ripping and running because things have to get done. That is just, that's just a fact of life, right? Right. Um, it was astonishing to me that Jesus was like, you guys have been working. You're probably tired. Go rest. Like, it just seems, I don't know. I guess I thought like, you know, you're supposed to burn your out for, burn yourself out for Jesus. You know, if there's, if there's anybody that you don't rest for, it is Jesus, you know? <laughs> um, and it's quite the opposite. He's like, Hey, actually, you know, you've been working. I see that you guys have been exerting yourselves. Go take some rest. Have you eaten today? Like, what? <laughs> have I eaten? I don't need to eat. This is for the kingdom, you know. Um, but that Jesus was like, no, this is the model. And then further on in this chapter, I think it's maybe verse 46 or 47. Um, mm-hmm. It says, after Jesus had taken leave of them, he went away to go pray and like sort of solitary. 
um, in a solitary place. And that Jesus practiced and modeled this all the time. I don't know how we've missed this as a body, but like this notion of pulling away to get recharged, to get filled back up, to make sure that you're, you're rested, that you're good, you're full, your brain is not going 12 million miles an hour. Like Jesus modeled the idea of self-care, of taking care of who you are. And I just think that's phenomenal. And it's actually challenged me in a lot of ways when I kind of get into this like super Christian mode where I'm not supposed to be tired and I shouldn't need to take a nap and all those ridiculous things that I tell myself <laughs> when I'm tired or hungry or sleepy or, you know, whatever. Um, but it's just really encouraging to me that that one, God set that precedent in Genesis during the creation and that two, Jesus followed it up and was like, no, this is still a thing. Even in the new covenant, you need to, to get away and to rest. Um, I think about Matthew 11, 28 through 30, where it's like, Hey, is anybody tired, burnt out, worn out? Come to me. I'll give you rest. Um, I think about Psalms 127, I believe it's verse three, where it talks about the Lord delights to give those whom he loves good sleep, that God is really serious. I mean, even the Sabbath itself is like, hey, I'm being serious about this. Sit yourself down. <laughs> you know, um, the church that I used to go to in Gainesville was very, very serious about Sabbath thing, about picking a day of the week where you unplug and you do nothing or you, you know, spend time pouring into your friendships or it's just you and the Lord kind of day. Like, and they were like, this is a real thing. I don't know when we decided the Sabbath shouldn't be a thing, but it should be a thing. Um, I also think about my spiritual mom and dad, they would work out or set time aside quarterly every six to eight weeks where it was like an untouchable time where we are just going to pull away. They might just hang out with their family. They might go on vacation, but they were not going to be at church or accessible. You know, they were just like, this is our rest time. Um, and, and that's, I mean, that's how, like, God is that serious about rest. God is like, when are you going to rest? <laughs> when will you pull away? When are you going to allow me to refill you? That's why we have quiet time because we need to go get filled. Um, so I just want to talk to you about the physical aspects, right? So what are the things that you can do to make sure that you're physically taking care of yourself? Rest, sleeping, is actually getting enough sleep, six to eight hours. Um, if you're a mama, I know that is really kind of challenging. Um, but just try to listen to what the Lord says that you can do, you know? And as always, like, I'm always hoping that you guys are listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you personally. I'm giving you things that I have learned, but definitely be looking for the Holy Spirit to kind of point you in the direction that he wants you to go with it. Um, so rest, rest is a big thing. Another big thing is creating margin. This is something that I had to learn. I kind of learned it the hard way in college, but creating margin is mean, it, it basically means that you have a little bit of buffer time between one event and the next or from one interaction to the next one, social interaction. Um, you don't fill your schedule up too much. Some of us feel like we're not in control of our schedules, that we're not in control of our time, that other people dictate that to us. But truthfully, bad boundaries is probably the culprit, not knowing how to say no, when to say yes, what to say that, to say that I can do this, but I can't do that. Um, having bad boundaries will definitely get you in a position where you're burnt out, you're tired, you're worn out, you're angry, you're no good to anybody. But creating margin is sort of the opposite. It's saying, hey, I need at least 45 minutes to an hour to get from one appointment to the next. Um, I have found myself a lot of times when I have no margin in my life that my body physically tenses up and gets tight because it's like, we know we have to be here and we only have 15 minutes and are we going to make it? You know, your body takes on the stress that you expose yourself to. Um, and so creating margin in your life saying, all right, you know, as a counselor, we would say that there are, we don't do any more than five to six um, hour, 50 minute to an hour long sessions a day. Uh, because that is just too much. We need margin. We need buffer zones. We need at least 30 minutes between one session and the next session. 
think about your life and where you can sort of build in margin. If it's my mom, I know talks about, um, having like, it's like a quiet zone after 8 PM. Nobody asks her questions. (laughs) And it's just kind of like, I know that she knows at a certain point, her brain is just like, we, we have, we have given all that we could give. So after 8 PM, you can ask me a question and you might get a real answer or you might get some silliness, you know? Um, but Margin is imperative. Creating and building margin into your schedule is important. Um, from there, basic things, eating. You know, there's a certain amount of nutrients and certain types of foods that we're supposed to be getting um, a certain or a particular amount of. Um, are you doing that? You know, I think about water. Are you getting enough water? Your body totally functions differently when you're getting enough water. Um you know, 70% water, your water's flushing things out of your system. It's making sure that um, you're hydrated, that all the organs have all the hydration that they need to function. Like water is imperative. I learned about it in health class in high school. I clearly don't remember all the benefits, but water is important. Water is almost as important as sleep. It's probably equally, probably more important. I don't know. Water and sleep are on the same, same plane. Um, exercise. So many things happen to our bodies. I heard a preacher say that when we stop exercising, our bodies start uh, preparing to die, essentially, that we're not kind of building towards anything. So they start decreasing themselves itself. Um, I don't know how accurate that is, but it, it's been a really good sort of motivation for me to like work out. Um, but I also like enjoy feeling strong and feeling like I've challenged my body. I've sweat. I've pushed it. This is good. You know, I'm, I am intaking calories and I'm working the calories off. I am eating and I guess using that energy. It's like just completing the natural process. We're constantly, not constantly, hopefully, but we're eating. We need to be exercising as well. Our muscles need it. Our joints need it. Um, Our body needs to be moving. Find something that you enjoy doing. If it's Zumba, if it's weightlifting, strength training, running, whatever it is, find something that you enjoy and get moving. Your body needs that movement. Your brain actually really needs that movement. Um, I think in some ways, sometimes exercise helps clear out your brain. And it's really interesting how disciplined you get when you start exercising, like the discipline sort of floods into and infiltrates other areas of your life. All right. So that's that exercise. Um, sometimes, um, I mean, find the thing, find the thing that recharges you. Um, we'll probably talk about this a little bit more when we're talking about like, um, emotional and mental self-care but recreation is a big deal what what have you done that you've enjoyed lately have you watched a movie that you like have you laughed um have you done something that you've enjoyed stimulating conversation read a book that just does something for your your mental state um it's important that you're recreating in some way recreating recreate from there muscle relaxation this is so big because we carry tension in our bodies i mentioned this a little bit earlier um I, when I get stressed, I've noticed that I tense up in my shoulders, I'll tense up my thighs, I'll be like clenching my hands, I clench my jaw, um, and I even found myself like clenching my jaw in sleep during times where I was just like really, really stressed. When I started teaching again in the spring, um, <laughs> I would kind of wake up and have to relax my jaw because I was just biting down so hard. But your body takes on the stress that you expose it to. Um, and you can tell your body all day long, we're not stressed, we're not stressed, we're not stressed, but it knows it just knows it knows Uh, when I first started driving I'd have to like relax my thighs because I'd be like tensed up and like clenching my entire body Um, but we do that when we're stressed when we're pressed we tense up and our bodies carry that weight you'll find yourself having like knots in your back and in your neck and things Um, progressive muscle relaxation 
you can look it up as a really, it's a really good technique. You can teach it to kids. Um, deep breathing, making sure that you're breathing deep enough is really important. Um, all of those things are signs that your body is, is feeling the stress that you are harboring. When your breathing gets shallow, when it gets quick, when you tense up your muscles, all of that is, is a symptom of stress. Um, and you've just got to be mindful to kind of every now and then do a check-in with yourself and be like, oh, okay, I'm tensing up in my back. Let me chill, you know? Um, and then sometimes it's just taking a hot bath or hot shower and just breathing. I love essential oils for this purpose. Um, you can put like a little bit of a peppermint or something in your shower out of the stream of water and it sort of just diffuses in the shower and it just opens and clears up um, nasal passages and all of that good stuff. But it's just like this calming sort of, I'm breathing, I'm here, I'm present, I'm not making a to-do list in my mind and just giving yourself that mental space sometimes and just treating your body well um, is just really important. It's part of self-care. So, um, yeah, that's physical self-care, making sure that you're recreating, making sure that you're resting, that you create margin, that you're treating your body well. Again, your body is a temple. Uh, it's a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's a temple of God. And I just kind of want to leave you with the question of how are you managing and maintaining and upkeeping your temple? So we will be back next week um, talking about another aspect of self-care. I hope you enjoy this, the first full week of December, and that you're back for the Walking Well podcast next Monday. I love you guys. Boss it out. Make it an amazing week. Bye. Bye.